Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Lost in the Groove with your host, Mike and Dave. Today, we'll be talking about life, society, as well as we can make things better, start a new day for a better tomorrow. Let's continue with the intro music so we can start today's podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Lost in the Groove. Today you got me, Dave, and Mike. Today's topic is going to be the difference between race and color. So to start this off, we're going to talk about melanin. The best way to understand the difference between race and color is to understand what melanin is. So melanin is the pigment found in our skin. According to scientists, melanin has evolved primarily due to where people lived on the planet. So people living in hotter climates over time had a higher level of melanin in their skin, causing a darker color to be formed. And just the opposite, people living in a colder climates have much less melanin in their skin because of this. So kind of wrapping this up into whole piece. Melanin is what causes us to have pigments. We don't really know exactly why certain, you know, you can see this, especially in certain countries, why there are different shades of the same color, even though a person's born the same place. But we do understand specifically what color is, and why people do have pigment. And it's because of melanin. Right. That's a good place to start because it, all it is, is just something to do with a chemical in the body. Correct. And some have more and some have less, whatever it actually may be. I'm going to say, for a lack of a better term, a chemical. And to really understand this a little bit better and a little more clearly. It's if we talked about race today, it, I believe it would most definitely have a different understanding compared to many decades ago. I mean, today, race is about where you came from. There are many different parts of the world. And when we think about race, that is where a individual originated from. Right. And that, and, but it has nothing to do with, with color. Right. Because I, I think I mentioned this to you before. on the west of Africa. And these family members of mine, they're white skinned, they have blonde hair and they have blue eyes. And they're born in a country where it can reach 102 degrees in the summertime. Wow. Right, so again, I'm, you know, I'm not super dark, but you don't have to be a specific color to be coming from somewhere. You can be white and be from Kenya. Like, that's a thing. There are people that are white that are from Kenya. I so, haven't seen that. People that have settled there over time, whatever the case may be. But the point, again, is where you really do see the separation of where, like you said this before, race is just a place you come from. Color is just melanin. Yeah, it's easy to, to kind of mix up. And I think generally... It's uh, misunderstood just all around. 
And it's good that we're taking the time to address it, to, to, to really differentiate between the two, especially with the way things are these days across the nation. Right. There is a simple answer for race and color being mixed and put together as the same topic. That has to be blamed for how education has been dealt with for the past hundred years in the United States. The education system here in the U.S. wanted an easy way to explain history, okay? So they started using terms for both like Negro and Mexican. Things have changed and things have been better, but many Americans still think race and color are the same due to this flaw caused in our education system, this constant talk and this constant way of teaching for the past hundred years. Yeah, I, I personally have never really liked the term like black person, even using the term African-American. I mean, do we know they're from Africa? Correct. I want to say his name was Hotep Jesus. He brought up a lot of great points talking about this. It's really important to understand the two, and it is an education problem. Where you come from is a separate story. The color right. of your skin, as you said, has more to do with a chemical in the skin, in the body, and depending on the region, there might be more or less. So the mix-up is very common, You know, a good reason to educate and to talk about it, and that's uh, it's really to open up people's eyes and, you know, people are just people. Right. But it's also remembering, even though things have changed within this period of history, you still see this type of teaching still being done in many parts of the United States. And I want to be judgmental, but unfortunately, we do have a lot of states in the U.S., specifically in the South, as well as in the Midwest, where this idea of segregation still primarily exists, where, you know, black communities are 50, 60 miles away from white communities. It's a real thing. I, I work as a customer service agent. You know, we work on Chrysler's Dodge Ram pickup trucks. We get a lot of people calling from these rural counties. And you can say things have changed. You can say things that have been gotten better, but not everybody is living that life like the rest of them. You know, I think it's a good point. And I didn't know that personally. Communities like that were still separated. I do know that among certain demographics of people, there were, what do they call them? They, they, they call them projects, you know, living in the projects. And was a form of segregation. Right. You, you wouldn't see every type of person living in the projects, but a very specific few within those demographics. More importantly, it's been going on for so long that 50, 60 miles away from a neighboring community is far different. I wish we had some examples of some of these states. Maybe... Uh, Maybe Oklahoma, we'll have to look into it. Yeah, we'll Oklahoma, have to Georgia, uh, Mississippi, uh, many parts of Louisiana, Arkansas is another example. Nebraska is another example. That's you know, incredible. That's that's almost ten states. 
Yeah, there's a lot of well, because you have to remember a lot of these states are even Kansas. These are states that are mainly run by farmers, miners, uh, woodcutters. I had a customer. He was Ecuadorian. Very cool guy. I I spoke to him for like 30 minutes. He called a few times. It was a lot of fun. He lived in Oklahoma. Uh, He ran a cutting rig for wood. And he had a fleet of about 10 or 15 Dodge Ram pickup trucks. And it was like just so interesting. You know, we were talking and he said that his father escaped Mexican prison and uh, he crossed over the border and he brought his family and they arrived in Oklahoma. Uh, they eventually got paperwork and everything and he, he built his family and he built his business. And he's continuing that tradition. So, he, you know, it's so weird. Here you have a Ecuadorian in a very rural area owning a cutting rig where he's making wood, selling it to a lot of different companies so we could be able to have paper and other types of goods. It's kind of going back to what we said before, the race and color thing. It's not the same. And even areas where are less uneducated, you'd be very surprised what you can find there. I would think, though... randomly just assuming you know not everyone might say something like that and some might ask like hey where are you from but i i i get the sense that just by looking at this individual they might just kind of be like oh you're you're mexican you right know, but it's cut. it's also he chose to live in oklahoma like that there are plenty of forests where he can cut down trees and be able to sell wood he didn't have to choose oklahoma he... to him it doesn't matter if it's a completely white state to him that's where his dad raised him and that's where he finds home just because it's a racist place that's where he finds home even if he went through turmoil and conflict that's his home is in oklahoma Right. And that's, you know, that's what I was going to mention without cutting you off. But when you're a child, you don't have a choice of where you end up. That's where your parents take you. And so you have to build around that foundation of Mm -hmm. where you ended up. So he ended up in Oklahoma. It's the same thing we're with segregation. Uh, In the United States, they passed a law that it was segregation was okay because they said, well, these communities, you know, for example, let's say the Caribbean, you know, have a Caribbean community and they know each other and they've been with each other and they know whose family and they come, some of them come from the same countries. So maybe it's good for them to have their own places, their own schools, their own place of worship, their own place of businesses. The problem with that system was when you put it into the hands of people, what happened? 
You have these signs now that says, oh, this is the colored bathroom. No, this is the white bathroom. They made sure that the, here's the dirty part of town. Yeah, yeah that, that's where the colored people go. There was no inclusivity. It was we're supreme because we are the majority. And, well, they need to be in their community. So they go there. Not only did it devastate this country tremendously because we're one of the last countries to have forced slavery to the point that we took it. And on top of it, we were one of the last countries. I'm talking about Western modern countries. I'm not talking about un undeveloped countries. We were one of the last countries to still have this idea of segregation. It still affects us today, and we don't talk about it enough. It's where, where is the conversation about how segregation still affects us to this day? It does. Any shape or form, it still does. You know, off topic, though. You were talking about slavery, and I feel that in today's society, the though we are still dealing with a lot of the repercussions of those choices going back five plus decades, the oppression didn't end, but it did change. And it might be for a separate podcast or a separate season altogether, but the current model of slavery now is financial, and it actually includes the vast majority of us. The levels of wealth that are out there but sometimes just not that easy to for it to be attainable it's the idea you know this our soviet american government where this is the idea of communism which if you look into it soviet russia was not communist by any means i've read karl marx's book it's more on the lines of socialism and america's kind of taken this place too where you can't grow. It's where you're either rich and you have everything. That's how it was in Russia during the Cold War. Or you're in this price bracket where you make this amount and you're put here. You don't go anywhere else. And I'm going through that myself. It's like I have to suffer because of poor education and because of the community I came from. So I'm suffering and I have a lot of things to offer, but I don't have the ability to give those over because I'm put into this box. I don't label myself. I don't picture myself being in a box, but they put me into that box and I can't stop them because they're our government. Set the tone, you know, the legislation is what it is. And though maybe some of that is being addressed and it will continue to be addressed as time goes on, qualities in that area is, is just something that rang a bell for me. Something I've thought about for a little while is that uh, just simply that is yes, we had segregation and it was about race and color and, you know, so much oppression that came out of that. And though we are still healing from that and still seeing aspects of that today. certain races or ethnicities, it targets everyone who's below that certain bracket. It's not to say that there are no opportunities in America. There's so there's, pl there's plenty. There's so many. There is. Yeah. I think that's part of the aspect is, as you mentioned, education, you know, where you grew up, so many facets that build the individual to what they are into adult life. Right. There was a movie that came out a few years ago. It was called Hidden Figures. And it was a story about 
the minority women that were behind the space race uh, for NASA. And one of the leads, she was a brilliant mathematician. You know, this is Florida and Though most people may ask, like, hey, where are you from? You know, some people who may look at this and, you know, she finally like just lost her cool because like they were just like picking on her because she was non-white and she was black. And she's like, I have to walk 20 fucking minutes to go to the bathroom every single time I need it. Don't tell me I don't work hard enough for this company. I don't work hard enough for the career that I've worked for. I work just as hard as you and you and you. Don't tell me that I don't work hard enough because of the color of my skin. And it was like really powerful because like, we don't know if it's true, but like the head like broke down the colored sign and smashed it to pieces. But what I loved about this film was showing not only her strength as a person, but showing that there were so many different types of people behind this incredible period in U.S. aviation. You know, the fact like we actually went to the moon and it was people like these that changed the course of history. And I don't want the idea of race or color included. It's the idea of what she offered as a person disregarding of where she came from. Where that's. You know where you were saying that you, you don't know necessarily uh, the the validity or the the true nature behind this story is what you were saying. No, no, it's 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 a true story. She was a real she was a real person. The part about where the head of NASA destroyed the sign for the the colored bathroom, there's no proof of that. But they, you know, she was one of the pioneers at the time that molded NASA um, for allowing eventually them allowing to have women astronauts. There was that program. I think her name was Buck something. There was also the program of minority, minority scientists, as well as doctors, researchers that came along on the team. So, you know, she was one of those pioneers at the very beginning. Space and technology has been an incredible advancement in human history. But the people that were behind those advancements, the people that pushed themselves forward, the people that put aside race, color, ethnicity, minority, majority. And they went in there full-heartedly because they wanted to make a change for people. You say that about a lot of other things, but it's these people that are the premise and they are the inspiration from what gives us strength till this day. Being successful, being a person that makes a change, a positive change, a change that not only shapes history, but even a small one, just helping the people around you, disregarding all of the other ingredients, no matter who you are, where you come from, where you were born, projects. It's about what you're giving over. And this is something, again, like we were saying before with education, this needs to be taught. It doesn't matter where you come from or who you are. It matters on what you can do. And it's not because of race or color that gives you that strength to do what you can do. It's you yourself that give you that strength. Yeah. The impact that uh, 
an individual can have on any given project during that period of time, though it could have been substantial, someone else more often than not would have taken the credit. Some of these people we would never even hear about until like, let's say present day, you know, 20, 30 years later, we hear the truth about certain advancements that were done by an individual who was a minority. It's sad to take away such advancements and such uh, incredible um, minds and to not give them the due credit. That was an insane time to be alive. Imagine being a part of such projects and helping the U.S. government achieve incredible results in aerospace and no one even knows. No one's allowed to know that you are part of it. George Harrison, he said this, I think, in the mid-80s. He was giving an interview. He said the most powerful people are the people you've never seen. And he says, those are the people that make changes that you never expect. It's funny, but the people that are, have been the most powerful have made the most change. You don't really see it. You don't really know. It's you don't really there. know. You yeah. Know. It's just, it just happened one day. Yeah. yeah. Think about <laughs> it. You, you, had, you had two teenagers, one named Steve Jobs and one named Steve Wozniak. They're playing around in Cupertino, California. I think it was Cupertino, California. No, Sacramento. Sorry. And... They were geeks. They wanted to build computers. They made one of the largest software companies on the planet. That's worth trillions of dollars. They just wanted to have fun. It's crazy. <laughs> they just wanted to have fun. And look what came from it. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the one of the largest tech companies out there. Uh, I think they're worth about a trillion. But if we're looking into the not too distant future, it could be trillions, as you said. What, so what has changed, really? You know, race, color, you know, people. Well, what, what has changed in modern society today? I think one of the biggest changes we've had is the approach towards the LGBTQ minority community. I'll explain this in a moment. I'm part of the LGBTQ community, and I'm, I am a minority. You've had these two conflicts where, again, none of them have to do anything with race or color. LGBTQ has nothing to do but race or color. But yet you have another part of minorities where race and color always becomes part of the context. And you've seen today where people more and more, not necessarily understanding it, but they're seeing it more of this division of where there's more layers to minorities, there's more layers to race, there's more layers to LGBTQ community, there's more layers to what the word color means in regards to people. This type of shift has primarily happened because of the ability of how we're able to get information. Internet is a very new thing. I am in my early 20s, and I remember dial-up. So... I was like kind of I was kind of like at the precipice of like when it was actually like starting. I remember when like internet was just you know, it was like the coolest thing ever. Or I was asking my brother, I'm like, you could just like look for anything and he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "How? How does it do that?" And he's like, "Well, there's all of these connections and whenever you're like looking for something, it like connects with the server." And I'm like, and I'm like 6 years old and this is like just baffling, but that is the change that has happened today is the advancement in technology where 
we are able to see more and hear more. Like think about George Floyd, for example, like we said this earlier, and I'm not talking about him getting, unfortunately, being murdered. Police today have body cams. Years and years and years ago, there was no body cams. So people would get brutally harassed. There are great police officers out there, but there were police officers that took it too far, and we didn't know. Now we have this advancement of body camps, so now we're actually able to see things. We're able to to see the other side of the story, see both both pictures. So, yeah, I think the Internet has a lot to do with the, the fact of how much has changed, especially today. Right, and we can hear more people's voices, and yeah. especially for those uh, that have the courage to, to speak up and share their experiences. Like us? Uh, like we're doing right now, this is literally like <laughs> what what we're doing. Lost in the groove is literally we're using technology to share information and being honest about topics that people don't want to talk about because it's uncomfortable, it's difficult, and uh, it's offensive if you take it the wrong way. Which I'm gonna voice my opinion no matter what. I think, Mike, you can agree the same way. You you will voice your opinion any way you want, and we are free to do so. I mean, yeah, we are free to do so. And that that inevitably has its repercussions because the same could be said about anyone else. True. But, but they're just words. Right. You know, I, I never in history have I ever thought, you know, words can be fatal, as the saying goes, uh, sticks and stones. May break your may bones, break but your bones. words cannot hurt me. Yeah. And in today's world with the Internet, we have keyboard warriors and we have a lot of people that uh, freely express their hate or discontent and they are free to do so. Okay, but somewhere in the middle, we should have the ability to do what we do, like, for example, Lost in the Groove, to have the conversations feel, even if they are opinions, we can express an idea. It's nothing, you know, between you and I, nothing is absolutely definite. We can, we can reflect on history and what has happened and we can look at the present day and project what the future may look like. Ultimately, our ideas and our opinions could change and that's, that that should be okay. And I, and I think people may be misunderstood a lot is we should have the ability and the freedoms to change our mind, especially right. if information comes out and it proves our ideas wrong right. or uh, change it or can effectively uh, and, a, and in a meaningful way change our opinions as well. That's That should be okay. Right. In, so, in today's world, that could be considered flip-flopping, but still. Depends. Yeah. I try doing this, especially like since like beginning, like we started the second season, we're having you as, as the permanent host. I did not want to have when we're giving over podcasts where it's like this happened in 1776 with this person and this is what happened. And that's like I I strongly want to stay away from that because you want to be able to have an open perspective. A lot of the information I get is from multiple different places. You know, I don't just take from one source and record and talk about from that one source. I think everybody's opinion matters, you know, and understanding that just because it's a white person talking about minority conflicts, as well as what goes on in the community, don't shun him down. 
you know, I've heard a lot of professors, especially in TED Talks and on PBS, uh, when they have their conferences with, uh, with other doctors or professors or physicians, and they're white and they're talking about minority communities. And I will listen an hour and 20 minutes what they have to say. I don't care that they're not part of the minority community. They work primarily with these communities. They understand how they operate and how they function. So it's important to have that open mind and accepting of where things are coming from. If it's a reliable place, it's a reliable person. It's a person that this is what their profession is. You can trust them. You know, I mean, you're right. It can change. Things always change. Know where you stand and know who's telling you this. You know, not everything, not everything on the internet is true. And a lot of it is, unfortunately, blown out of proportion. Right. I might get a lot of flack for this, but at least on a broader scale nationwide is the idea of racism that I don't deny that it exists. I just don't see that it's as large of a problem as it once was many decades ago. And I know, I know there'll be some people that may not like to hear that, but from what I see, when I look out into the world and I look out into the country, if it was as bad as back then, there would be more, there would be a lot more violence. It's worse now in other ways. And when I say worse, I mean it in a different way where there's always this problem, and you live in Los Angeles, you know this, there's always this problem in these major cities of crime, okay? Now, we do know that in certain impoverished areas, which sometimes the majority of them are minorities, You know, this is a problem with thing with being racist. I love when a person says, well, I don't like this person. But how do you not like the person when you are the same person? You don't like someone because of where they come from. Okay, well, what's the problem where they come from? Well, it's too hot. Okay, well, you don't have to go there. You know, you don't have to like where they come from. You don't have to like their culture or the way that they speak. It's not your life. It's their life. What is it your business? You don't have to like them. You don't have to know them. But don't discriminate against them. Don't be racist because you don't like their culture. Well, they like it. Yeah, I, I understand. And I think I reflect on it. I'd have to agree in that respect is that it is worse in different ways, right? We, we, have, we have different mechanisms now that allow for a lot of uh, hatred and vastly further than maybe 50 years ago but for the most part it's better now it at is at least it's at least it's non-violent again yeah. going, going back to the thought of like when did words become so fatal that it kills you as a person and you completely can no longer you know live up to your individual potential you should always strive to and sometimes those hateful words can be a driving force right and and sometimes they can be disheartening and destroying force. It's fascinating how much we've been able to dive into theory of
I mean, uh, there's there is so much to discuss, so many layers to peel back. You said this um, before, especially how things have gotten better now. You know, you you sometimes see where we had recently there was an attack. Asian women were killed and you had the attacks last year in June. And there were people saying, oh, my God, things are so much worse than it was. Well, let me tell you a little story. It's 1974 and it's in the uh, New York City. If you were a white woman walking three o'clock in the afternoon in Upper West Side, Manhattan, the chance of you getting raped, murdered, drowned, or shot was about 96% of the chance. Three o'clock in the afternoon. So you take that now about 50 years into the future, you can be a white person walking in the Upper West Side at three o'clock in the afternoon. You'll be perfectly fine. Things have gotten better. Yeah, there are terrorist attacks. There's always been terrorist attacks. People have always been murdered because of racist reasons. It's, it's, it's just, you want to argue with me? That's great. It's, it's been like this for God knows how many centuries. Always somebody's murdering somebody because of their race or their ethnicity or because they're an immigrant. But that doesn't mean things are worse. That's just the way that people operate and function. Is it, is it good? Is it why? Well, you could say the same thing. Well, why aren't humans robots? Why can't humans be more, you know, like machines? Because we're not machines. We're made out of flesh and bones and genetics. At least not yet. At least, at least <laughs> not yet. <laughs> if you leave it up to Bezos, maybe. Oh, God. Or uh, <laughs> what's the, the two of them now? The CEO of um, Virgin Atlant- yeah. Uh, yeah, Virgin yeah, yeah. Corporation I'm, and Jeff Bezos, like they're fighting about who's going to space. And I'm like... They must be really bored, you know, like they need a fight. <laughs> Who's going to space first? I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to be on that flight, but. Well, it's nonsense because, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I understand it to be true that the next. And to be able to develop the technologies that will. Uh, take advantage of what's their trillionaires even beyond the coolest thing that I really like I I oh my god I love space and like the science behind it I like I, I go I can just like watch hours and I just I go nuts the thing that I've always loved so much is even in space there's so much diversity you know there's there's different types of stars, and depending on the the structure of the star, depending how hot it is, it can support different types of ecosystems, of different types of solar systems, of what type of planets surround it. It's like even in space, you have this idea of diversity where there's just so many different types. And it's of, so infinite, too. Yeah, and it's like we... As people, like you're saying, like holding with racism, it's like we can't stand people being different. And it's like what makes our universe, our universe is because everything is different, you know? And it's like, why can't we learn from our own universe? Like the universe that smashed thousands of rocks together four billion years ago to create this planet gave us this visual of a universe full of diversity. 
and also balance. It's yeah. peaceful. It's uh, honestly, we are we are very unique, very resilient as a species. We're we are truly very beautiful as a whole. Maybe someday, entire world would think so too. Um, right, and maybe you know, possible that we are moving in that direction. That there's uh, going to be way more cohesion. Uh, I also can't be naive to the fact that it's uh, it's also many powerful players out there that that like division, that prefer division because you can conquer using that method. You get to choose. I had this conversation with a friend of mine, Carissa, where she said she, she felt helpless since the pandemic and, you know, still that we're recovering. I said, why do you feel helpless? And she said, well, because the government tells us what to do and what not to do. And I said to her, that's true, but you have a choice. You can listen to them or ignore them because they don't really care that you exist. You're just a number. So if you yeah. don't follow their rules, they're not going to like I was joking about it. It's like I text her and I'm like, NSA, come after me, like send an SUV. <laughs> like they're not going to because to them, I'm just another number. So I don't really matter to them whatsoever. And that may think of it as a negative, but it's actually a positive because I have so much more freedom. I get to choose the type of America I want to live in. You know, they don't get to choose it for me. The government never gets to choose the type of America that you live in. Never. You get to choose the type of life you want to live. It may be difficult. You know, not everybody's financially stable. But remember, you have the choice. Up there in their cybernetic clouds and spying on everyone. Doesn't matter. Uh, There was a saying that I came across right after the uh, lockdowns began and and I forget exactly how it went. It ties in with what you're saying. And it's uh, the, the struggle is real and there are obstacles every day. Correct. But suffering is optional. Right. And that's that, you know, that was really something. It's just a, a state of mind, really. It's going to be difficult. I mean, there's many circumstances and many variables involved with something like that. You know, if you can conquer your mind, you'll, uh, you can get through anything. Hence why I said the, the species is incredibly resilient. And you give us another hundred years if we don't kill each other, you know, we might, we might break through and um, just reach a heightened level of awareness that um, everyone is so very hungry for. Yeah. By that time, we, we may not even recognize race ethnicity none of that i mean i'm a huge star trek fan and you know in the future of star trek it's I love uh, Vul- my favorite species in uh, in star trek by far has to be vulcans because oh, I, that, that logic is unbeatable like, like they're able to this is like the thing that i always loved was they're able to connect by touching each other's finger and i was just like you know people think like oh that's stupid like <laughs> like you touch a finger and like you connect. But if you think about it from like a like a scientific way, it's where their nervous system and their senses and their body is so hyper, like hypersensitive sensitive that like when they touch another Vulcan, they're able to make that connection. And I love that Gene Roddenberry did this. It's like showing where here you have a species that their whole culture, their whole 
society is built around communication. Like that's what Vulcans are. You, you know why they ended up that way? They evolved into that. And it was because in the infancy of, the, uh, of their people, their existence, it was much more violent. You'll be able to catch that depending on the series you watch or the episodes you watch. They had a very violent past where it was just murderous rampages. And that's where the need to control emotions and have logic as the, the highest of priority become the like the rule of the land, the law, uh, the law of the land in a lot of ways. But what you're talking about is it might be the mind meld, but there was something else as well that we saw in Star Trek Enterprise. I, I remember like Leonard, Leonard Nimoy, he was when they did the very first season in the 60s. He had, I don't remember exactly the episode. You might remember this more than I do. And like one of the, the members of the Starfleet, like he was freaking out or something. And I remember like he went up and he said to him, close your eyes, clear your mind. Going through all of these like steps to try to get him to calm down. You saw Leonard Nimoy, you saw his fingers. They were moving in different directions. He wasn't only, only helping the person but he was trying to figure out with his own self how to collect yourself, being in a state of pure concentration, that the only thing you're focusing on is one thing and one thing only. God, I mean, this kind of falls into all of this. It's weird. A lot of people need to calm down. Just calm down. It's okay. Like, the world is not ending. There is... Not people running around and murdering people just because of the sake of whatever it's like. Just just relax. Just breathe. In a lot of ways, I would love to agree with that. You know, if you want to hold on, hold on to that idea, do not download the Citizen app. It might, it might destroy, it might destroy that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that feeling or belief, you know. It's just, it, that's a whole nother thing entirely. To sum it up, it's just towards that distant future a lot of these aspects through education, through many other things that are happening globally, it'll change. You know, who knows right. if open borders might be a thing 50 years or 100 years from now or sooner. But if it be you really like this concept of open borders, like I, I, I've kind of like been picking this up in the past few podcasts. It's like you always try to find a way of mentioning that in like 50 years, there's going to be open borders. I love the idea of open borders, but at the same time, it sounds so terrifying because even the European Union like kind of scares me. It's like you're German, but you could just pack your bags and just go to Italy. Or France. Live, or France, yeah, and like just <laughs> live there for years. And like France can't kick you out because you're part of the European Union. To, to be clear, though, it's, you know, that's why I look at it into the distant future. If we practice that in present day, it would not work. It would fall apart. So there's definitely fears to be to be acknowledged if something like that were to be implemented today. But yeah, to tie into this idea of, you know, hey, your race and your color and all of that over time will disappear as people move around freely around the globe, much like what we do. But we do that today, but yet, you know, in America, the, in certain cities, it's still a, the lack of education just doesn't have that level of acknowledgement. 
if we went to any other part of the world, Europe, any parts of Asia, people move around so much. Though I haven't been to these places, I imagine it's so common and so accepted. Like no one is marginalizing anybody based on color or, we, or you know, race. I, I went with my mom about three years ago. We went to Rome. My mom is in her 60s. She was never in Europe. You want to go to Rome? And she's like, no, 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 there's Nazis. I said, <laughs> my, my mom is from Brooklyn and she's Jewish. So, you know, they, they still have this idea of like Europe is still full of Nazis. And I, none of true. that's true. Right? I it's mean, probably true. But it's probably just, true. But like, you know, you gotta... so we went to Rome and it was just incredible because there was a lot of Italians. But yet there was Bulgarians. Hungarians, French, Germans. It was just like you're in Italy, but yet you hear German and Flemish and Scottish English and Norwegian and, and Swedish. And like, you're right. It's like this, you, you go to Europe and you see this where it's just such a melting pot. Like everybody's from somewhere else. We don't really have that much here in the States unless you go to major cities like Seattle or Los Angeles or New York. Or Boston. That's where you see most of the traffic. And of course, there's a lot of people. U.S. is definitely a melting pot. It's not to say that it isn't. It's just, again, the ideas of race and, and color and ethnicity, background, all these things, depending on the city you end up in, you, you might get treated a little differently. Maybe not always. This is why I bring up various other regions of the globe that there's so much commerce and there's so much travel among all of those countries that though I haven't been there, I, I would imagine that it might be far less of that type of thinking or feeling of like, where's, where's this fucker from? You know, <laughs> that type of thing. Right. You know, why is he so dark skinned? He doesn't belong here type of uh, feelings from the, 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 the population within those countries. Uh, I could be wrong. I've never been there, but it's just a thought. If I'm wrong, please leave them in the comments below. The perfect example, you know, wrapping everything up. I lived in Israel for three years. And one of the coolest experiences I had was meeting people from Ethiopia as well as Eritrea. Eritrea is right next to Ethiopia. And a lot of people don't realize that Eritreans and Ethiopians, they're very, very different. This ignorance of like, well, they're all Ethiopian. No, they're not. Eritreans speak Arabic. They have Muslim culture. Ethiopians are mainly Christian and Jewish. Understanding that even people that may look the same or are the same, I have this open policy. If you don't know, you ask. You ask at the right time, at the right place. You don't make rational accusations because, well, they look this way, they have these features, they talk this way, they must be from here. Just ask somebody. It's not that difficult to say like, well, they're dark skin and they have prominent Mexican features, so they have to be Mexican. How do you know? They might be from Cuba for all you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't know. It reminds me of a TikTok uh, clip that I saw, which was really well done. Wish I could share it. Uh, if I was even able to find it, but very close to what we're talking about in a very funny way that it was done to kind of show the the ridiculous nature of uh, that type of thinking. If I find it, I'll share it. That's all I yeah. can say. <laughs> all we are saying is 
not only opening up your mind, you don't, you don't have to accept what other people are doing. You don't have to. You are your own person. You have your right to believe in whatever you want. But remembering, this is what we're going over all of these, understanding the differences, understanding why, and that should just be a clear understanding in a person's thinking process. We're, don't say, well, it's easier to just mix them together. No, it's not. It just makes things more complex. It makes things much harder to understand. And it also closes your mind to other possibilities. Wow. As well as, crea- as, well as creating discomfort for many people yeah. when it's unnecessary. Right. All right, guys. We have been yapping and talking and schmoozing for a while We're going to wrap everything up. Stay tuned for next week. We're going to be talking about where does immigrants, especially ones from Europe, post podcast every single Tuesday. Make sure to check out our Twitter page at Lost in the Groove. All right, guys, you have a great rest of your day and stay peaceful.